Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Heavenly Father, we avail our hearts to you this afternoon. We say we put away all naughtiness. We put away our pride. We put away the superfluity of our naughtiness and our stubbornness. And Lord, we say let our hearts be transformed. Father, we ask a God that our hearts shall be like a clay in your hand. Be the porter. Remold us, change us, transform us. Father, may we not be here and live the same as we came. For we refuse to be like a man who beholds his eyes and sees his face in a mirror and walketh away, forgetting who he looks like. But Father, we have the heart that is ready to receive the engrafted word of God. Speak to us. Change us. Spirit of God, let me be just a vessel. Use me as a vessel. And let all the glory come to you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you put your hands together for the... Lord, as you take your seats, and why don't you clap for the powerful, anointed Alex, anointed choir. I can see the anointing of God upon their lives. I can see how God is lifting them up and magnifying them. And if they continue to humble themselves before the Lord, he will continue to anoint them. They are called the anointed olives. Hallelujah. Wonderful. And they look very beautiful. Don't they? They look very, very beautiful. It's powerful. Wonderful. Well, this afternoon, we want to, by the grace of God, conclude the series of messages we've been sharing for the last several weeks on tithing. I hope by the grace of God we'll be able to conclude this message. Uh, I believe you have been blessed or some of you are, are tired of hearing it. I'm not sure, but um, don't worry. Just give us just a few hours and we'll be done with this message. Hallelujah. Uh, but I believe that um, it's a very, very important message. It is something that you need to know. And I hope by the grace of God that you have learned something, how God expects us to relate with money as far as our service to him is concerned. Hallelujah. When you go to church and you hear about money, you 
form certain conclusion. You come to certain decision. You, you, you form a certain decision and uh, you, you block your heart and your mind and you don't want to hear it. Hallelujah. I remember one time a man of God said, well, he was then a, a, a regular church member. He invited someone to church. And when he invited a person to church, the person did not want to come. And the person said, I'm tired of these churches. All they talk about is money, money, and nothing else. All they want is our money. And so I'm not coming. But the person pleaded with her, and he said to her, you know, my church is different. You come and you will experience, and you will decide for yourself. My church is not a kind of church that is about money, and if that is the experience that you have, I believe you're going to have a different experience. And then she said, okay, I will try. And she came to church with him. And when the man of God mounted the pulpit, he said, today, we're going to talk about money. So, the lady turned around and looked at him and shook her head. But at the end of the service, the lady made a decision to join the church. Hallelujah. She made a decision. She says, this is the church I want to be in. And I believe by the grace of God that that shall be your story this afternoon. Amen. Wonderful. So we've been talking a lot about tithe. And we began by talking about the legendary wealth of the Jews. How God has blessed this one particular group. How God has elevated them and exalted them. And when we look, when we compare this particular ethnic group with so many other groups, we couldn't find anything differently other than that their relationship with God, as far as money was concerned, was different from any other group. This is a group which set themselves apart to give. They give enormously. When we look at the list of people who give, even in the form of charity, the top ten are Jewish. The entire world. They give a whole lot. And then they give a lot to their synagogues. They give so much to their synagogues. They give so much to the work of God. And because of that, God has also exalted them. Hallelujah. Now, God is particularly not interested in our money. It's not that God wants your money. It is not that we are sharing this with you so that you put your money out to the church. But it is that God has seen that our treasure is money. Our money has become our treasure. And if he is to get to our heart, he will come through our finances. Hallelujah. And that is the main reason why money has become such an issue. And you can see, last week I was sharing with you about someone who has done a whole lot of research. He says, I have done a lot of research on tithe. And he has come to the conclusion 
that he doesn't want to pay tithe. And you wonder why the person would take the pain to do so much research on tithe. Because that is where your treasure is. And you don't want to let your treasure go. Jesus says where your treasure is, there is where your heart will be also. If God wants our heart, it has to come through our money. Hallelujah. If God can get our heart, it has to be where we put our heart. And our heart is in money. Amen. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? And we have shared so many things about this. Tithing. And I want you to, if you have not been in church, I want you to listen to their message. Have an open heart and listen to their messages. And God will bless you if you can receive this message. Amen. So the last session of this, we've been talking about the reasons why tithing does not work for some Christians. Why tithing does not work for some people. You are tithing, you are paying your tithe, but it is not working for you. And we have gone through few of the reasons why tithing has not worked. And I'm hoping that we can finish the rest of them today. Now, the first reason, the first reason we gave was that tithing does not work for some people because they do not recognize God's provision when it comes. People do not recognize the provision of God when it comes. That is why tithing has not worked for them. The second reason we said tithing does not work for some people because it is not the first thing they give. Tithing is not the first thing they give. Now, tithe should be the first thing that you give. Besides all, it must be your first and your best. Hallelujah. It is a sign of trust also. It is a sign of faith to pay your tithe before anything else. It is a sign that you do not depend on what your strength can give you, but you depend on what God can provide for you. Hallelujah. The next one, we said, tithing does not work for some people because it is not 10% of their increase. It is not 10% of their increase. A tithe means a tenth. And if it does not mean that, then it does not qualify for the blessing that God intends for the one who tithes. Hallelujah. And the fourth one, did I give you the fourth one? Mercy, then we have a lot to. Wow. Okay. The Lord will help us. Okay, so the fourth one, tithing does not work for some people because it is not an acceptable offering. It is not an acceptable offering. You are giving your tithe, but it is not an acceptable offering. When you pay your tithe, when you pay your tithe, yes, you have put your tithe in the offering bowl, but is it an acceptable offering? That you have to assess and see, is this offering acceptable to the Lord? Now, the fact that your money went into the offering basket does not necessarily mean that it has been accepted by God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The fact that you sign a check and you put it in the offering does not necessarily mean that it has been accepted by God. And I want us to go through some few types of unacceptable offering. 
some few types of offerings that are unacceptable to the Lord. The first one, we can read it from Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 11. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 11. The, tithe, the offering that is unacceptable because of unrighteous lives of the giver. Your tithe or your offering is unacceptable because of the unrighteous life of the giver or because of your unrighteous life. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 11. It says, What, ha, what are your multiplied sacrifices to me? Says the Lord. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. It says, what are your multiplied sacrifices to me? Says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle. And I take no pleasure in the blood of bulls, lambs, or goats. Do you see? So you see, these were the products of the, the people's hard work. This is what they were earning. They were earning bulls. They were earning lambs and goats. And God is saying, I have had enough of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle. And I take no pleasure in the blood of bulls, lambs, or goats. When you come to appear before me, who requires of you this trampling of my courts? Bring your worthless offerings no longer. Do you see? So there are certain offerings that are called worthless offerings. And God is saying, bring your worthless offerings no longer. Now you wouldn't think that if you are giving an offering to the Lord, it will be a worthless offering. But God is saying, do not bring me these worthless offerings anymore. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath, the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity and the solemn assembly. He says, I cannot endure your sins, accompanied with your solemn assemblies. I cannot, I, I cannot endure your sins when you come in your most nicest and most humblest form. He says, your new moon and your Sabbath, the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity and the solemn assembly. I cannot put these together. I hate your new moon festivals and your appointed feast. They have become a burden to me. Mercy. That our gathering, our coming together to worship God has become a burden to him. Because of our unrighteous lives. Hallelujah. He says, I am weary of bearing them. That means it is a lot of work for God when we come to worship him. He says, I am tired. I am weary. It wears me down when you lift up your hands to worship me. It wears me down when you give me offerings. He says, so when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my, my eyes from you. Yes, even though you multiply prayers, I will not listen. So you will come for all night prayer meeting from 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. and multiply prayers and prayed and prayed and prayed and God did not listen. 
He says, even though you multiply prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. So he says, wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from my sight. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Reprove the ruthless. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. And then he says, you see, a lot of times, you see, we come to the Lord with our sins. We come to the Lord offering him or giving him our best, but accompanied with our sins. No wonder we are paying our tithe, but it's not working for us. He says, take this offering away. Take it away from me. So you may have put your tithe in the basket and you feel good about yourself. That I am able, as long as I am able to give a tenth of my increase. But God is saying, remove it. Take it away. Hallelujah. Unrighteous living. Unrighteous living. You see, there are certain things that we didn't know before. Some of us, we lied so much on our resume even to get a job that we have. Unrighteous living. You wrote certain things that you are not. Because, you know, certain places that you have put, they can't verify. You've written certain phone numbers. You say they are no longer in service. And you've written certain things on your resume. And you got a job. And it is from this job that you are bringing a salary to the Lord. You are bringing a tenth to the Lord. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Some of us, we steal time at work. We steal over time. Sometimes, you, you, know, you, you know that there is nothing else to do, but you are still around. Just so you clock out at a certain time, so they will pay you extra time. And you know that this extra time that you spend, you did not do anything. Some of us also go late. You go late and you make your friend punch in for you. You see, and then you are earning money. You are getting money that you did not work for. And out of that, you are bringing a tenth to the law. Amen. Am I speaking to somebody this afternoon? Some of you, you are at work. You are at work. But social media, you are, on, you are on Facebook all day at work. You are, you, are, you are on the social media all day. Or on the phone, using the office phone. You are on the phone. I, sometimes it amazes me how some people are able to. And I say, are you home? No, I am at work. I say, mercy. You are at work. And you can chat and chat and chat and chat. You see, you didn't know certain things. But listen to what the Lord is saying. Verse 19, verse 18, he says, come now, come now. You see, a lot of times we quote this scripture, but we don't, we, we don't really regard the things that are about. So he says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, I know that you didn't know, and it has made you your sins as scarlet. 
I know that you, you, you needed a job so badly and instead of seeking my face to make a way for you, you lied on your resume. But come now, let us reason together. Come now, let us reason together. He says, though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. Some of you, just before you came to church, the words that had come from your mouth at home before you came, and you have your tithe with you, coming to put your tithe. But the Lord says, come now, let us reason together. Hallelujah. Come now, let us reason together. Yes, he will reason with you. Amen. Some of you, you, can, you cannot forgive. Look, you, your sins, God is saying, come and let us reason together. You, no one can sit down to reason with you. But God is saying, come and let us reason together. Hallelujah. Amen. The next offering that is unacceptable in the book of Amos, God rejects the offerings that they bring because they were secretly worshiping idols. Certain offerings are unacceptable because we secretly worship idols. Hallelujah. Amos chapter 5. Amos chapter 5. And let's read from, let's read Amos chapter 5. And we want to read from verse 18. And um, do you see Amos chapter 5? Wonderful. Amos chapter 5 and verse 18. I want to read from the New Living Translation. Verse 18. Okay. Hallelujah. He says, What sorrow awaits you who say, if only the day of the Lord were here? Do you see? You are saying, if only the day of the Lord were here. It's like you are going through some difficulty and then you wish, if only the day of the Lord were here. He says, what sorrow awaits you? Who says that? That you say, if only the day of the Lord were here. You have no idea what you are wishing for. Look at that. God is saying the one who is praying, oh, if only the day of the Lord was here, you have no idea what you are wishing for. Could it be that the day of the Lord may not be a good day for you if you are wishing for it? He says you have no idea what you are wishing for. That day will bring darkness, not light. He says in that day, you will be like a man. Hallelujah. This is the day of the Lord that you are wishing for. God is saying, in that day, you will be like a man who runs from a lion only to meet a bear. <laughs> wow. Chris, someone is running from a lion. And you say, I am running from a lion. And then when you turn around, you are meeting a bear. What a place to be. You say, escaping from the bear, now you, you see the bear, and now you are escaping from the bear, 
So you find a wall, you are going to jump over. And he says, he leans his hands against a wall in his house. He's about to jump into his house to escape the bear. He leans his hands against the wall in his house. And he's bitten by a snake. What a shock. What a place to be. Amen. He's bitten by a snake. And then he says, Yes, the day of the Lord will be dark and hopeless without a ray of joy or hope. I hate all your show and pretense. Your show of niceness, your show of I am humble, your show of I respect, and that pretense. God says, I hate that. You see, I don't know why anyone will pretend before God. You are home and your mom is like pepper. And then when you come to church, you are, we look at you, very nice sister, very nice brother. Meanwhile, the same God that was at home is the same God who is here. Hallelujah. He says, I hate your show, all your show and pretense. The hypocrisy of your religious festivals and solemn assemblies. May our, may our assembly not be of hypocrisy. He says, I will not accept your burnt offerings and grain offerings. I, will, I won't even notice all your choice peace offerings. Away with your noisy hymns of praise. Mercy. So you see, with the choir sang and we are very happy and we are clapping. Powerful hymns, powerful song. And God is saying, away with your noisy hymns of praise. Amen. I will not listen to the music of your harps. Instead, I want, a sea, I want to see a mighty flood of justice. An endless river of righteous living. Endless river of righteous living. This is what God is asking for. Endless river of righteous living. He says, was it? To me, you were bringing sacrifices and offerings during the 40 years in the wilderness, Israel. No, you served your pagan gods, Sakath, your king god, and Kaiwan, your star god, the images you made for yourselves. So I will send you into exile to a land east of Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is the God of heaven's armies. Hallelujah. He said, you are serving your idols. You are serving your pagan gods. And anyone who serves an idol, God does not accept your offering. There are some of you, as we are sitting here, you have certain things at your, around your waist. There are, you have certain things around your waist. And decency will not allow us to check. Do you see? But you have certain things around your waist, certain talismans around your wrist. Some of you, before you traveled, you went to certain places. And they gave you certain things to drink. We think you like this necklace, but we don't know that it is something about this necklace. Amen. But you say, 
There are others who may say, I don't worship such things. I've never seen a pagan god before. I have never bowed to a pagan god. But God is saying anything that you put before him becomes a god to him. If you put your job before God, that becomes a God to you. If you put your children before God, that becomes God to you. Hallelujah. If your career comes before God, if you put anything before God, that thing becomes, that is why in the first command it says, thou shalt have no other God besides me or before me. You should not have any other God before me. You should not have any other God. Anything you put before God becomes a God to you. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? The third offering that is unacceptable. Paul shows us that offerings are unacceptable when they are, in, when they are not in proportion to what the person has. Your offering to God is unacceptable when it is not in proportion to what you have. Hallelujah. Some of you, your offering has never changed. You have received promotion, but your offering has not changed. You have received increase, but your offerings have not changed. Your tithe is still the same. But you expect God to increase you. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 12. It says, Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Hallelujah. So you see, you have $1,000, not $900. Do you see? God is not expecting that you give, you give what you don't have. But he says that that the offering is acceptable when it is according to what you have. So you have $1,000 and you give $90. Is it what you have? So, you see, such an offering, it looks like it's a lot. It looks as if it's a lot of offering. One day Jesus was in a church and he saw how the people were giving their offerings. And rich people were giving a lot of offering. They will come and then they will fold their kente cloth, you know, and they will come. When they get up, you see that as they are coming, they are coming. And then they will put a lot of money in it. And then you can see it also. And Jesus was sitting by and he was looking. And then he looked and saw that there was another old lady who came and put her offerings. And then later on, Jesus was telling them, he says, that woman there, she has put the most offering. And so they didn't understand. And they were looking for which woman there? The one with the beautiful Brazilian wig? Or the one, the one that is wearing that nice dress, that expensive wig? Because you see, that is what we will be looking for. We'll be looking for the one, that, the one who, is, who is nicely wearing the silk blouse and with a, with, a, with a scarf around the neck. Oh, that woman who came with that six-inch heel. That, that one. Jesus said, no, 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 no. That poor woman. That poor widow. 
and they didn't understand. Hallelujah. And so she gave according to what she has. She gave according to what she has. But the rest, Jesus said, they gave out of the abundance. And so sometimes you feel like, oh, this, people, this, this person's offering, especially if you are a treasurer, that, can, that thing can happen to you. You see that somebody's tithe is 20 cities. And another person's tithe is $200. And another person's tithe is $500. And another person's tithe is $10. And then when you look at your tithe of 150, you feel good about it. But that is not according to what you have. You feel that, oh, $20 is your tithe. There are some of you also, you make a lot of money. You make a lot of money, but your tithe is very small. And you see, you are not paying your tithe to a man. The tithe, it says, God says, it is mine. And so, even though you are putting it in the church, and I, again, I want to tell you, look, get that thing out of your head. Get that thing out of your head that when you pay your tithe, you worry about what a man of God will do with your tithe. When you pay your tithe, you worry about what the church is doing with your tithe. Let that not be, let that not be an issue for a Christian. God says the tithe is mine. Just fulfill that part that is God's and give to him. What another person is doing, because you see, as you are holding God's money, what you do with it is up to you. It's up to you. Do you understand? It is up to you. When your employer pays you, when your employer pays you, there are some of you who work off the books. You work off the books. That means that your, whoever has employed you will give all that you earn. And it is up to you to pay your taxes. Do you understand? The person who has paid you does not care what you are going to do with the tithe. What you are going to do with the taxes. That tax, that tax it belongs to the government. That person leaves you to deal with the government. At the end of the year, you are the one that is going to file your tax. And they will ask you, how much was your taxes? And you don't, that is why you are applying for certain things. You don't have anything to show. About your, the person does not care. So it is between you and the government at that time. Do you, is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So the same way with the tithe. Leave the man of God to deal with God. Let God deal with him. If he will mishandle his tithe. Because God says the tithe is mine. He says, bring in all the tithe into my storehouse that there will be meat in my house. And if some man of God is going to make sure there's no meat in God's house, then you leave God to deal with him. But for you, fulfill that part that is yours. Amen. 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 And leave that. You see, a lot of time people don't go to church because of that. Oh, the pastor, I saw the pastor was driving a brand new car. So, Leave it. If the pastor is using the tithe to buy a brand new car, leave the pastor alone. To let God deal with him. But you bring in all the tithe into the storehouse. That is your part that you have to fulfill. And the blessing that comes upon the tithe, whether it was misused by someone or not, you have fulfilled your part and that blessing will come upon you. Amen. Amen. So certain tithes are not acceptable because it is not according to what you have. It is not according to what you earn. Hallelujah. 
You see, as you increase, your tithe should increase. There's a scripture in Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. Luke 16 and verse 10. It says, If you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. Do you see? So, if I give you a little thing and you are not faithful in it, do you think I will give you a large one? Jesus is looking and saying, he says, if you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And that is true. If they give you and you are not faithful with it, then when they give you a larger one, you will not be faithful with it. But let the Lord see that you are faithful with little things and he will give you larger ones also. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The next one, Titan does not work for some people because they do not have patience. Titan does not work for some people because they do not have patience. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36. He says, For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Hallelujah. You see, after you have fulfilled your part of the tithing, after you have paid your tithe, God is expecting that you also have patience. If you are going to receive the promises of God, you will have patience. He says, for ye have need of patience. You need patience. Some of you do not have patience. Some of you are quick to jump to another place. I've been here, I've paid my tithe, I've paid my tithe, I don't see anything. Let me try another place. And you are ready to jump on. But God is saying, you have need of patience. That after ye have done the will of God, after you have done the right thing, after you have pleased God, you have need of patience. You have need of patience so that you might receive the promises. Hallelujah. You have need of patience. There's a scripture in Psalm 1 and verse 1. Let us read that. Psalm 1 verse 1. You see, even though you have done the right thing, even though you have fulfilled the will of God, you have fulfilled your part of the covenant of Titan, you have need of patience also. It says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Do you see? You are blessed when you don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, like most of you Christians. Do you see? It says, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law that he meditate day and night. You see, that sounds like you, isn't it so? It sounds like you. You fulfill, you delight yourself in the word of God. Look, you are here. And you fulfill the promises of God. You fulfill your, the requirements of God. He says that he does, he says his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law that he meditate day and night. The word of God is on your mind day and night. Look at such a righteous person. So he says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I tell you, as you are paying your tithe, your life has become like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. I say your life has become like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. But I have seen trees that are planted by the rivers of water and the river is flowing. The river has not ceased. 
God will not cease to flow river into your life. God will not cease to flow water into your life. You are planted, but you see, you come to a stage where you feel that that river still flowing, but you are dry. Such as you come and then the promises of God are read to you. The promises of God are proclaimed over your life. And we say that you are going to be elevated. You are going to receive promotion. You are going to prosper. Things are going to work out. And you see, you see the rivers. Yes, and then you look around and you say, where is it? But he says that your life shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. But you will only bring forth fruit in your season. In your season. So if you are a tree that has no patience, you say, I've been, I've been by this river for too long and I am not bringing forth fruit and I am going to another place, you realize that your season will come and will pass by. You say, after you have fulfilled all the righteousness, you still have need of patience that you receive the promises. He says, the righteous man, he will only bring forth fruit in his season. In his season. And whatsoever he doeth, anything that he sets his hand to do, if you are such a righteous person, whatever you are doing, it will prosper. It may look as if nothing is working out. It may look as if things are going down, but I am telling you that it is on its way to prospering. It is on its way. No matter what you do, no matter, listen, take this thing very seriously. You can, be, you can be a cleaner. You can be a cleaner. God will prosper you. God will make you prosperous. I say God will make you prosperous. You can be a security guard and God will make you prosperous. Oh yes. You can be a home attendant and God will make you prosperous. God will make you prosperous. I say God, I have seen a home attendant who has been a home attendant for many years and somebody just passed and then large inheritance just came to her. She's not even a higher to that, but just working. If God's hands is upon you, he says that, and whatsoever he doeth, whatsoever he doeth, no matter what you are doing, God is able to cause you to prosper. God is able to cause you to prosper. Hallelujah. God is able to cause you, but you have need of patience. Amen. You have need of patience. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 17. Look at the scripture in Malachi chapter 3. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, and they shall be mine, and they shall be mine. Who, who people? People who honor the Lord. People who honor the Lord with their substance. He says, and they shall be mine, say the Lord of hosts. In that day when I make my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. You who serves God, he will spare you as a man spares his own son. And then he says, verse 18, he says, then shall he return. Then shall he return. Then you shall come back. Looking at the same person. He says, then shall he return. And discern between the righteous and the wicked. You will see the difference between the righteous and the wicked. You will see the difference between the one who pays his tithe and the one who doesn't. You will see the difference between the one who they say he's a fool. He doesn't, he doesn't know what to do with his money. You see, and as the people are going, your life looks like, you see, because the scripture says they shall return. Do you see? So as they are going, your life looks like nothing. 
Your life looks like a fool. Your life looks like you don't know what to do with your money. Your life looks like you're just giving your money to the church. Your life looks like you don't know what to do. A tenth of what you make, 10% of your salary, you don't know why you travel here. You don't know why you came to this place. That is how your life looks like as the people are passing by. But the scripture is saying, then shall they return. Then shall they return. Then she shall come back. And they shall see the difference. There will be a difference between you and another person. There will be a difference between you and your co-worker. There will be a difference between you and your siblings. The ones who say that you are a fool, they shall return and they shall see a difference. Oh, yes. They will see a difference. But you see, you have need to wait that they shall come back to see. But some of us, we don't have that need. We don't have that patience to wait. We are not patient to wait. And so the people pass by and they laugh and they go. And they say, oh, look, he has been in a church. Ah, nothing has happened. But you have not that need. You have not been patient enough for them to return, to see what the Lord is doing in your life. But let them come back and they will see. Let them come back and they will see. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to somebody this afternoon? Yes. So we have need of patience after we have fulfilled this righteousness also. Amen. Amen. The next one, Titan does not work for some people because of their negative confessions. Titan does not work for some people because of their negative confessions. People make negative confessions. People say all sorts of things. Hallelujah. Do not cancel the blessings of God with your negative confessions. You see, God has put such power in your mouth. Do you understand? You see, your tongue has such power. It says that death and life, it is in your mouth. It is on your tongue. You can, you can have life and you can have death depending on what you say with your mouth. Amen. But some of us have a tendency to always proclaim negative things. Some of us have a tendency that every confession we make has to be a negative confession. Oh, as for me, I know that this is not going to work. Oh, this thing, it works for everyone. Me, it will not work. This thing is in my family. All the women, they get divorced. So even as I'm getting into this marriage, I know that I'm going to get divorced one day. Do you see? You look, you look, you look, you look. As we are going for the interview, look, there are five of us. They will take all four of them. Me, they won't take me. You watch, you watch. And then you feel like you are a prophetess. You feel like, you see, I prophesy and it has come to pass. And you are happy. You see, you watch, you watch. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? No way. Didn't I tell you? And we have confidence in what we proclaim. We have confidence in what we say. Some of us, we proclaim certain negative things about our children. Sometimes, especially when we are angry. You are angry, the man has left you with these children and you are struggling with them. So, anything that they do, you insult them with the man in mind, but you have no idea that it's your tongue proclaiming things on them. Say, empty head like your father. 
empty head, empty, nothing in your head, no responsibility. You can't even stand to take care of your own children. Why are you saying that to a child, a child who has no child, no children? You can't even, because you are insulting the man. You are insulting the man. You can't even take responsibility for your own children. Look at your coconut head and you are insulting a child. What has the child done? You see? And then you say, you will not amount to anything. Meanwhile, you are minus and you are proclaiming certain negative things on a child. Speak positive things. Speak positive things. Hallelujah. Some of us, we think that, you know, when we say negative things and it becomes positive, then we are happy. You see, that is what you do. So as you are going for the thing, you have made your mind that the thing is not going to work. So that when it works, then you are happy. So that when it doesn't work, then you are not disappointed. Because I said it wasn't going to work. Isn't that so? Can I have a testimony in the house? Yes. It's not good for a Christian who pays his tithe. It's not good for a Christian who pays and honors the Lord with his first and his best. Make positive confession. Hallelujah. I say make positive confession. What is the point in paying your tithe and canceling the blessings of tithing with your negative confessions? It's not good. God is saying that I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He said I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And you are also welcoming the devourer. Amen. I realize some of you, when we are praying against demons, you are afraid. You are afraid to pray against demons. Oh, yes, I know. Because there are some people, when we say we are casting out demons, they say, hey, let me not trouble them. <laughs> let me not trouble them. You see? <laughs> so we came for a prayer meeting and then we were lambasting the demons, casting them out left to right. You went home, you were afraid. Hey, are they here? <laughs> it's not my fault. It was a pastor. It was a pastor. You are afraid of the demons. But a Christian should not be afraid of demons. Hallelujah. Look, demons, you cannot have any good thing with them. Whether you touch them or not, they will harm you. They will come after you. So it, there's no good part of them. There is nothing like as for me, me one type of thing. I don't trouble them, so they should. There's nothing like that. Whether you trouble them or not, they will come after you. Oh yes. Oh yes. Otherwise, they will not have tempted Jesus. Jesus, what sin? What did he, he? He has not even done anything with them yet, but they met him in the wilderness. Somebody understand what I'm sharing with you, whether you like it or not. So say positive things. Mark chapter 11 and verse 23. He says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So you will have whatsoever you say it. If you say positive things, you have positive things. If you, have, you say negative things, you have negative things. So why do you have to say negative things? What does it harm to say positive things? As I'm going for the interview, oh, I will have the job. 
I will be the one who will be chosen. I will be selected. I will be chosen. They will hire me. Oh, I am a child of God. Why should they pick another person over me? They will choose me. They will choose me. They will choose me. They will select me. You see, you have not seen, but you are claiming that that is what you are going to have. Because you say, we walk not by, but we walk by. That's it. And shall not doubt what he saith, shall have whatsoever he saith. You don't doubt. You have not seen, but you know that it shall happen. You have not seen it, but you know that it will happen. Look, it's not everything that God is going to give us that we have to see first. Oh, yes. Amen. You have not seen, but you believe that it's going to happen. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. Isaiah 43. Am I speaking to somebody this afternoon? You have to receive the benefits of a tither. Isaiah 43 and 19. He says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now, new things means that you have not seen it before. You have not experienced it before. Isn't that so? It means that you have not seen. If God is saying, I'm going to do a new thing, it means that this is not something that you are familiar with. You have not seen it. He says, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? You will not, if you don't have faith. He says, shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I say, God is able to make rivers in the desert. You cannot perceive it. You cannot imagine that. That is, seems impossible. But God is saying, I will do a new thing. You have not seen rivers in the desert before. But God is able to make rivers appear in the desert. He says, I will make a way in the wilderness. I see God making way where you thought there would not be any way. I see God transforming it when you thought it cannot be transformed. I see God changing that condition when you thought it cannot be changed. He says, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. A new thing, a new thing, a new thing. Make that proclamation. I've never gotten a job like this before, but I am taking a job like this. Some of you, you limit yourself to certain conditions and certain places and certain things because of where you are coming from. But you see, we walk not by sight. We are not walking by sight. If you are a Christian, walk not by sight. Don't look at your surroundings. Don't look. Have your faith in the Lord. And see that you serve a God who is able to do new things. A God who is able to make rivers appear in the desert. The next verse. Verse 20. It says, The beasts of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen people. Yes. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. And God is prepared to do a new thing in your life. If only you will have the faith to receive it. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3. He says, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things, which what? Which thou knowest not. You see, you don't know about it, but God is able to do them. Am I speaking to somebody this afternoon? Yes. You don't know about it, but God is able to do them. 
God is able to bring them to pass in your life. Hallelujah. Just learn to say positive things and stop saying negative things. The next reason Titan does not work for some people is because they have wrong desires. They have wrong desires. He says, ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have. James chapter 4 and verse 2. James chapter 4 and verse 2. Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Hallelujah. That you may consume it upon your lust. That you may consume it upon your lust. Hallelujah. You see, a lot of times we are yearning for certain blessings from the Lord. We are asking for certain blessings from the Lord. But the motives, the motives for that blessing, it cancels that blessing. You have paid your tithe okay. You are satisfied that promise. But the motive for asking, the motive for asking is wrong. You see, the Bible says that God will bless you so that you'll be a blessing to others. Since you came to the country, you had to live with your aunt and her husband and her children. And the way they treated you. You know, you didn't like it at all, the way they treated you. Even the place where they made you sleep. So you are purpose in your heart. You go to school by all means. And you are praying God is helping you. God is helping you pass your exams. God is helping you, taking you, taking you. And your motive is that when I finish, they will see, they will, they will see. They will see what is, this, this apartment on, this fifth floor apartment, no elevator, and they bluffing on me like that. They will come and see a real apartment. And that is your mind, that is your plan. That as you are going to school, you can't wait for the day that you will graduate and get a job and see your check and you rent your own place and finish your own place and then invite them for open house. And then they will come and they will see. You see, and such, such motive, such motive, you are paying your tithe okay, but such, let that be not your motive. Some of you, you can't wait, you see, because when you were in school, the way people used to laugh at you, things were very difficult. So you can't wait for a school reunion. You can't wait that a school reunion will show up and you too, you will show up in your nice car. Dress, you have bought some nice dress that you are going to show them. That you too, you have arrived. And that is your mind. To show them that things have changed. We have sweet positions. Now we have sweet positions. How many of you have wished for a time like that? You have wished, oh, we are in church. Oh, let us have a witness. Amen. You can't wait to show them. It's like a payback time. That is not the thing that the Lord will bless. Amen. Titan does not work for some people because they are not at peace with their brethren. They are not at peace with their brethren. Hallelujah. 
your tithe is not working for you because you, you are in a church, you don't talk to anyone. You are angry with everyone. Even as you are sitting here, you are angry with me. Titan will not work for a person like that. Hallelujah. Do not be angry with me. It will make your tithe not work. Please. The Bible teaches clearly that faith works by love. Hallelujah. When you have faith that God is going to create rivers in the desert, there must be love accompanying it. Remember, we said all things are working together. All things are working together. Your faith and your love Brotherly kindness, brotherly love. They are all working together to bring you to that expected end. Hallelujah. James chapter 3 and verse 18. It says, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Hallelujah. Love is a foundation for every spiritual thing that we want to do. Because God is love. Amen. So if there's someone that you are not talking to, someone that you don't have a good relationship with, please settle with that person. It is for your own good. Last Friday, we were sharing some powerful things about forgiveness. I wish all of you were here. We don't have time to share them again. But we share some powerful things about forgiveness. And sometimes it will be the very thing that is standing in your way of blessings. Hallelujah. Please, learn to forgive. Amen. If you forgive, you have done yourself a favor. You have opened a wide door of blessings upon your life. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. The next one, tithing does not work for some people because they have bad marital relationships. They have bad marital relationships. It is unfortunate. Hallelujah. Very unfortunate. You see, when you are single, your tithe works in a different way. But once you are married, the blessings that come upon you is different. You see, that is why if, even in a carnal world, you see, when a couple, when they file their taxes jointly, they make more money. The government gives them some leniency. Do you understand? And so there's a lot of favor that comes upon marriage. But unfortunately, a lot of Christians encounter bad marriages, and it affects their blessings also. Hallelujah. You'll find out that someone who was so loving and has now joined together with a man or a woman has become so bitter. And it's because of experiences. And you see, a lot of times, it's because of unforgiveness also. If you are not able to forgive, you see, unforgiveness, when it's piled and piled and piled, it makes you a bitter person. When you continue to add on to unforgiveness, you have a folder. You have a folder of unforgiveness. Things that a person has done to you. You have a folder. You can remember all of them. And the ones that, look, some of you, listen. Sometimes you don't even want to forget, so you write it down. So you don't forget this one. Yes. True or not true? He said, as for this thing, I will never forget. And then you put the date. And write it exactly as it happened. So you not, by mistake, forget. So that when it comes again, you refer the person. Some of you, you bring your list. You bring your book. Put your glasses. November 26th. 
even as the person has come to let's settle things, let's let, let us settle let's, so that we will have peace and we can move on. Eh, eh, you have come. Do you remember? Do you remember? August 16th. Do you remember? We were standing right in front of the house. You know, you remember there was a yellow car that was standing in front of us. And you're describing the scene to bring it to life. So that you deal with the issue before we move on. It's not a good thing. Hallelujah. It's not a good thing. You see, and marriage, it seems to be a thing that the enemy has. You see, you see, the Bible says that one can put away a thousand and two can put away ten thousand. The enemy understands that. The enemy knows the scriptures very well also. And the enemy knows that if he were to leave you alone, he needs thousand demons to fight you. But the moment you join with another person, now he has to have 10,000 demons to fight you. If you are separate, 1,000 here, 1,000 here, he can handle that. So you realize that marriage is something that the enemy is always looking to separate. That is why God says that when he puts this together, let no man. So if anyone will come in to separate it, it is not anyone else but the enemy because he's the only one that benefits. Look, Marriage people, if you, there will be any separation, let me tell you that none of you will benefit from the separation. The only one that will benefit is the enemy. And he seeks to always separate you. He will always seek to separate you. Hallelujah. There's a scripture in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. It says, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Dwell with them. You see, listen very carefully. It says, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. According to knowledge. That means that you cannot live with a woman if you don't have knowledge. And so, you single women who are looking for a husband, find a husband who has knowledge. Or a, a man who is looking for a woman... Find one who has knowledge. Now, what knowledge are we talking about? We are talking about the knowledge of the one who made marriage. Look, marriage was not an institution by man. Marriage is not a creation of the white man. Marriage was not made by the Indians. Marriage was not made by the Africans. It's not an Ashanti thing. Hallelujah. That is why, that is why every group of people Wherever you find them, the remotest of group of people, you will find a man and a woman living together as husband and wife. Everywhere. Whether they have seen white people before, they have seen blue people before, they have seen black people. Wherever you find them, you find a wife, you find a wife and a husband. And you cannot live with them unless you have knowledge. He says, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. And as being highest together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Let me tell you. You see, look, man, you see, this is the knowledge that you need to have before you can dwell. You see, man and a woman, they are equal. 
A man and a woman, they are what? They are equal. They are equal. But when the thing comes and it becomes a husband and a wife, they are not equal. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? They are not equal. When is a husband and a wife, God has clear description. He says the husband who was a man, who has become a husband, now he is a head over the woman. And that knowledge you need to have. If you don't have that knowledge, you cannot sustain this thing called marriage. If you don't have that knowledge, you cannot endure this thing called marriage. If you don't have that knowledge, you continue to say we are, not, we are in the 21st century. You continue to say, I am a millennium woman. That is when you continue to say, I know my rights. That is when you don't have knowledge. Amen. That is when you don't have knowledge. Hallelujah. So he says, dwell with them according to knowledge. Dwell with them according to knowledge. He says, giving honor unto the wife. You see, if a man cannot give honor unto the wife, he is not ready for what we call marriage. He's not a husband. Amen. And so you need to also understand that if a man is giving you honor and he's opening doors for you and he's buying you flowers and he's honoring you on your birthday and he's treating you nicely, he's doing that not in the capacity as a husband. Now, that does not mean that when he becomes a husband, he will do you honor. Because husbands are the ones that give honor unto the women. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So, So don't translate that. Don't translate that. Don't translate a man into a husband. When he's giving you honor that, when he becomes a husband, he will continue to do the same thing. Don't make that mistake. So it says, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. As unto the weaker vessel. A man has to have knowledge about this weaker vessel. Now, that does not mean that, look, women, are they weak? Are they weak? Look, if you have lived with one for a while, you can understand that they are not weak at all. Amen. What it means is that they are delicate. They are delicate. They are sensitive. They needed to be treated with care. They needed to be handled with care. They are not the type that you can throw around. They are not the type that you can give to children. You see, when I take, when I take, when I take this bottle and I put water in it, do you see? Do you see? You see, if I want to give this bottle to a child, to, if it's, it contains some drink, I can even throw it to the child and he will have it. But when it comes in a glass, when it comes in a glass, that the glass becomes inferior to this bottle. Which one is even more precious? Do you see? So they are not weaker. But you see, you cannot give to a child. Woman is not someone who is handled by immature people. A woman is so delicate. If you don't handle it well and it hits a little chip, it can cut you. It can break you. It can, it can, it can really hurt you. Do you understand? So if you want that glass to stay smooth, 
that you can drink without cutting your tongue. You have to handle it with care. You have to handle it with care. You have to handle it with care. Hallelujah. Otherwise, if you are not wise, otherwise, if you don't have that knowledge, you don't know how to handle it, and you misuse it, and you throw it around, you are kicking it, and you are throwing it, it will crack. And when that thing cracks, and you try to drink it, you see bleeding coming from your lips. It's not something that is for children. It's not something that is for immature people. It's not something that is for people who do not have knowledge. It's not something that children should handle. You need to have knowledge before you try this thing. You need to have experience. You need to learn how to handle it. You need to learn how to treat it. Because before you make an attempt to handle such a thing. Hallelujah. You need that experience before you can handle it. Amen. So look, if you are looking for a husband, find one who has knowledge. The knowledge that God talks about. We don't have time to go through this knowledge. But one time, we will go through it. The knowledge, how to handle this delicate thing. He says, they are of the weaker vessels. You need to handle them with knowledge. It's not for children play. It's not for people with no knowledge. It's not for, it's not for toy. It's, we don't handle them like toy that we can kick around. You have to handle them with delicacy. You have to handle them with diligence. You have to handle them with care. You have to treat them with care. After you are finished, you have to put them in the right place. Otherwise, it will crack. And when it cracks, it can bite you. I say it will bite you. It will bite you. Hallelujah. Our time is up. But the last one, the last one is Titan does not work for some people because of hidden sins. Because of hidden sins. Titan does not work for some people because of hidden sins. The Bible says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Hallelujah. Confess your sins. Don't hide your sins. Confess your sins and you will have mercy. Hallelujah. Why the Bible says that thou shalt prosper according to your tithe. God will prosper you. And then the same scripture, it says that if you cover your sins, you shall not prosper. So you see, God intends to cause you to prosper because of your tithe, but your sins which you have covered, it cancels your blessing. Let not your sins be covered. It says, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Proverbs 28 and verse 13. Hallelujah. Proverbs 28 and verse 13. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Hallelujah. Well, I think we have shared so much on this topic called Titan, and I believe by the grace of God, this will be a blessing to you. It says, may the Lord bless you, and may the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord give you the ability to pay your tithe, as difficult as it may be. May the Lord increase your faith concerning money. May the Lord mount up your faith in the name of Jesus. Whereas you did not know, he says, now you know, at your ignorance, the Bible says, the Lord wings. But now that you know, may the Lord give you grace. Challenges may come, difficulties may arise, but may God give you grace. 
not even to consider of someone, not even to think of anyone, but may you fulfill that covenant of tithing and may the Lord bless you as you tithe. May you, may you have the patience to wait for his promises in the name of Jesus. May people return and see the difference between you and between others when the Lord's time comes. He says that in due season, you also will bring forth your fruit. Stand up onto your feet and let us bring the service to a close. Hallelujah. I believe this is a great door that has been opened unto you. A new understanding of how to handle your money has come into your life. Let it not forsake you. Let, that, let not this knowledge forsake you. Let not this understanding forsake you. I pray that it shall not be a seasonal thing only. But I pray that God will give you the grace to continue on. And in due season, if you will not waver, if you will not be weary, in due season, you will bring forth your fruits also. May the Lord bless you as you receive this message. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord increase you. May the Lord elevate you. He says that everywhere where your your feet shall land, he will give unto you. May the blessings of Abraham come upon you. May the blessings of a titan come upon you. In the name of Jesus, may the Lord increase you and exalt you.
This is what I pray. This is what I pray. Oh, Lord, Lord change, change my heart. Change our heart, Lord. Change our heart. Father, we are thankful this afternoon. We thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we are grateful for your word. Father, help us that money shall not stand in our way of worship. Money shall not be a hindrance to our blessings. Money shall not be a hindrance to our way to your heart and to your presence. Father, forgive us of the things we did not know about. For you have said, come on, let us reason together. Though our sins, they were as scarlet. You said they shall be as white as snow. You said, though they were red as crimson, but they shall be as wool. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. May we not be like the man who hears your word and not a doer. He said, you liken such a person to a man beholding his face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way. And straight away he forgetteth what manner of man he was. But you say, whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of your word. You say that person, this man, this particular person is blessed in his deed. Father, may we be that person who hears your word and is a doer. Let not your word come to our heart and be consumed by the best of the air. But as we hear your word, help us to be doer of your word. We thank you, Father, for this particular message. We thank you, Lord. Indeed, we see it as a door that you have opened to our prosperity. We see it as a door that you have opened to our blessing. Father, many did we not know about how important it is to you concerning our time. But Father, we thank you for the knowledge and for the understanding that has come. We are grateful and we are thankful in the name of Jesus. If there's anyone here this afternoon, you are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. You are here this afternoon. You say, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. You want to come before the Lord to receive Him as your Savior. You want to give your life to Jesus. If that is you, if that is your prayer this afternoon, 
Beloved, do not live here the same. Tomorrow does not await you. Maybe this is your chance. You may not hear this again. You may have heard this call many, many times. This invitation. But you have put it away. Let today be your day. Jesus is here to say. He says there is so much room at the cross. If you are here like that. You want to give your life to Jesus. If that is you. Wherever you are. With all eyes closed and every head bowed. Lift up your hands. Lift up your right hand. And I will pray with you. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. If that is you, lift up your right hand where I can see it and I'll pray with you. Anyone else? I see your hand. Anyone else? I see your hand. You want to join and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. If you are the one, I see your hand. Anyone here like that? Beloved, do not leave this place without receiving Jesus Christ. Jesus is here to save. He's here to save. He's talking to you right now, this moment. But the enemy is telling you that there is more time. There is another day. You can do it when you are in the other church. You can do it when there is another meeting. You can do it next week. Beloved, you do not have that time for yourself. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. If you have lifted up your hand, I want you to take one bold step and come forward here. Come here with me. Come here. You have taken this decision to give your life to Jesus. I want you to take one bold step again and come forward and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is you, come forward here. Oh, yes. If you have lifted up your hand, come forward. If you want to join also, make a decision and come forward. Anyone here like that? To thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. Oh, beloved, do not be ashamed of Christ. This is between you and your God, it is between you and your Savior. If you want to give your life to Jesus, take a bold step and come forward here and join them. Why don't you all join and say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thank, you for dying for me. thank you for dying for me. I have sinned against you. I have sinned against you. Lord, Jesus, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you were buried. I believe you were buried. And on the third day, you rose again in victory. You rose up in victory. You rose up in victory. You conquered the grave. You conquered the grave. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. All for me. All for me. That is why I stand this afternoon. That's why I stand this asking afternoon. you to forgive me. Asking you forgive. Cleanse me of my sins. Cleanse me of my sins. This afternoon. This afternoon. I invite you into my life. I invite you into my I life. I welcome you into my life. I welcome you into my heart. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Be my master. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my Lord. From today, I will serve you and you alone. There will be no other God before you. I will not have any other God in my life. Lord Jesus, please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you, Lord. Let a hedge be built around him and keep him in his going and his coming. May the enemy not have any place in his life. And I ask, oh God, that you command angels to watch his going out and his coming in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. And you may be seated. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.